Hi, welcome to the Really Telling It Like It Is program. And I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology here with the Really Telling It Like It Is program. And I am so honored that my co-host guest is Ron Jolson. And we've been talking about how people think about finances, how you think about money, how you think, how you think, period. And um, right here, right before Christmas, you're you're able to to make changes. And I'm going to bring Ron on. Come on. Uh, come on, Ron. And one of the things that we were talking about before we started to tape is the fact that we're going slow for you. There are things that we would love to talk about and we will get to it. And we we we. Um, we would like for you to go ahead and send us, um, you know, you have, you can get in touch with us on the website, www.mteminc.org uh, and ask any questions and we'll bring those questions and things up. Or if it's uh, live, you can, I mean, you know, if you can put them in the chat or whatever it is that people do, but I would rather for you to go online and do it. That way we'll have the questions before the program we can pray over and we can get God's mind for it and all of that, because it's not about what he thinks or what I think. It's about what the spirit of God is saying. But as a doctor in psychology, I'm looking at it and how the brain works. And what happens is this. You have have built up things in your head and your thoughts and all of these old thoughts. What we're doing right now is stripping them just like you do paint. You're stripping them. And, 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 and having some things to come alive and having it to be so that you can start to find out what you don't know and what you don't really know, what you're not really doing. So without any further, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's one of the reasons that we have chosen to go slow so that you can actually get it. We don't care about it being a good message to you. I don't give a tinker's tutu about it being a good message or not a good message. I just want you to get it. Yeah. So. Anyway, go ahead. Go, go ahead. <laughs> well, if we're going to go slow, then I'm going to start at the beginning because the first thing that we got to stop doing uh, as an ecclesia is compartmentalizing our faith and relegating it to Sunday. Um, and uh, I know that a lot of people listening are, are not necessarily in that place, but many- I don't, I don't agree. I, they, no, I don't yeah. agree. You know, a lot of people that don't do that, they compartmentalize it. No, we talk it to everybody. And, you know, somebody, I don't know who said it, but either Jesus Christ is Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. And I think that applies to this situation. And, uh, you know, uh, people think, oh, you know, I'm not a a pastor. I'm not an apostle. I don't have time for that. Uh, But the the reality is that if you look at scripture, you know, Abraham traded uh, cattle. Joseph was uh, certainly a, a a dream interpreter, but he also did wheat futures, if I recall that correctly. Luke was a doctor. Uh, the Ethiopian convert was a treasurer. Uh, Tabitha was a seamstress. And of course, Paul and Aquila were tent makers along, uh, uh, Aquila and Priscilla were tent makers along with Paul. So we had all of these folks with all of these pres- uh, um Profession and Jesus? the last Jesus, and Jesus was a carpenter. Uh, he was actually a stonemason as well. We could yeah. get into that. Uh, yes. Carpenters in those days were actually worked more with stone, and that that's, that's kind right. Of, that kind of tells you a lot about things like when you talked about the capstone being rejected. But I digress. Uh, but in any case, the point is that um, you know none of these folks were just quote in the ministry. Uh, and and we have to understand that our work, what we do, is part of our calling. 
Uh, in fact, the, the Hebrew word for work is avad, which actually means to worship. And it's also the root word, root for the word to serve. So think about that. If you start to think of your, uh, it goes a little bit what we talked about last time, Apostle, which, which is when we think about work, what is our mindset? What are we thinking about? Are we thinking of it as worship? Are we thinking about it as service? Because that's kind of what the, in the, in the uh, Old Testament, that's really what that word meant. Uh, and if we start going in that direction, all of a sudden our workplace can become our ministry. It can become a place where um, where the light of the, the light of the Lord is, you know, shines in us. But more importantly than that, we are now in a right-minded place to get the um, to get the results that I think people are looking for. Uh, in, in terms of prosperity, in the definition of prosperity that we talked about, which is much wider than just possessions, right? It means, as we talked about, it means, it means everything. I'm, I'm going to want you to elaborate on this, but when you said avad and you said to worship and then service, I'm looking at the way that you said it. It is, to me, I heard this, worship unto him, worship in him and about him, as we serve others. Yes, yes. And I, um, I, think, because I, I think that sometimes, and, and again, I think about how people think, okay? And we're right here. This is the reason that Romans 12 is so important. It says, do not be conformed to think like this world, but be transformed from thinking like this world by the renewing of your mind. So we have mm. that, that we are seated in him, that we are in him and he is in us. And giving that worship is not from not from earth to heaven. It's right there in what it is that you're right. you're in, and then what you can do is serve man in the earth. So I want you to open that up a little more. Please. Yeah. So yeah. So let's let's talk about that. Well, first of all, how about Colossians three twenty three? Um, what you know, you're triggering this stuff. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as if working for the Lord, not for human masters. Right. So what does that what does that even mean? Uh, what does it mean as, as if we're working for the Lord? Well, it's it's a form of service and it is a, a it is a form of um, uh, obedience. It is a form of worship. All of those things, I think, are true. Um, and, and by the way, and service, um, I'm trying to there's something in Scripture that that's triggering to me as well. When you're st uh, starting to talk about working for um, others or obedience, I think there's a link between uh, God's provision for us and obedience. Uh, Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Uh, or uh, Deuteronomy 28, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above nations of the earth, and all the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So we need to be uh, thinking about obedience uh, when we work in, in our workplace. Are we being obedient with what we do? Think I think about it all the time. Um, you triggered something. Hold on. I got I got to go. Talk. Go. I go. know that you're going to do this, but you talked about Joseph last yes. week, okay? Yes. And in Joseph, look at what Joseph did. Joseph obeyed uh, um, uh, Potiphar. He obeyed when he went to prison. He obeyed in taking care of the people and taking care of their things. 
He obeyed when he was told to come up to uh, 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 the, the Pharaoh. He obeyed in everything and look at the results. Wow. He was obedient. He was obedient to his father. Look at what took him. See, so one of the things of it is, is that sometimes obedience doesn't take us to the place that we want to go immediately. He obeyed his father in going to find out where his brothers were. His brothers disobeyed and did what it was that they did. But he went into the places, and even though he was in a tough place, like sometimes people are on these jobs, they don't like these jobs, they don't feel good that people have this thing. Well, if you love what you do, you'll never feel like you're doing a day of work. Well, I'm sure that Joseph didn't love what he was doing in that, but he loved obedience. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there at you and uh, 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 to trigger something else, because I know that there's stuff in you. I can see your brain working. Well, you know, <laughs> there, there's so many good examples in scripture of some of the, these different things uh, that we're talking about. So I'm trying to think about, um, you know, lessons from David, right? So David, when you think about it, he was the runt of the litter, right? He's the last person that, that you would expect God to choose. Uh, but what did he have? He, he had a pure heart. Um, the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider this appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So we think about how kind of David was chosen. He wasn't called to a ministry position. He was called to political leadership. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was not a ministry. Okay. And and so think about ourselves, right? So we we need to be thinking about our calling as well. By the way, the Hebrew word for ministry uh, is sharat. And guess what that means? It means service. Okay. And so anything that we do in service to others is a kind of sharat. So our jobs should be considered a sharat. And that's, again, part of this mindset change that you're talking about. Um, uh, I know I'm throwing, throwing Hebrew in here, but these are cool Hebrew words. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, the more general word for work is ibed, uh, and that means in service of the king. We're working the ground. Again, a link between work and service. So in the very language, you mentioned this, Apostle, last week, uh, last time, you mentioned um, the importance of words. And so that, that's really been triggering a lot of some of these old Hebrew words because the words are so much more inclusive than the sometimes the translation that you see in English. They mean a lot more work, service, worship. Uh, all of these things together, and uh, these are very, very important concepts. And if if we want to even think about moving to the kingdom definition of prosperity and wealth, we need to start thinking that way. And it's it's a little bit like, you know, when when we say um, God will give you the the desires of your heart, we know what that means. That means we are changing ourselves to be closer to Christ, to have those desires, uh, His desires, and then yes. It happens. It's the same way with this picture here, which is as we move in conjunction and in coordination to the Lord and 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 to the Holy Spirit within us, uh, then we get exactly what he wants us to get. And that's exactly what we want. And it all it works the same way. It's the same. These kingdom principles 
uh, I, I've, I've said this to our, our mutual friend, Apostle Michael Fram, many times, that all the kingdom principles that we, we recognize and learn about in our Christian walk, guess what? They all apply to wealth. It's amazing. It's like one set of rules and they work. How could they not? Now listen to this. How could they not when we're talking about a king and a kingdom? A kingdom, a king is known by his his wealth. He is not known by his uh, all, all of these other things. And that wealth, when we finally get into wealth, well, we're not going to jump way over there. When we finally get into that, we're going to realize something. We're going to see just how vast wealth is. Uh, we we talk about words and we we banty around words, but I am a wordsmith. I am one that I have to look at a word. I have to look at it this way, that way. I have to look at all of these different words. And this is one of the things that I think this is the reason that we are going slow is because what has happened is that we have jumped into all of these things, get all of these ideas and all of these things. And we, we have not taken time to break them down. And I utilize the, the you know, I was in, I went to Israel and I studied at Upon, Upon Akiva, uh, uh, and uh, my tongue wouldn't work right to be able to speak a whole lot of Hebrew at times. So I don't know what it was, but it was it was tied up at that time. You know, it wouldn't do. But over the over the years, you know, I, I've had uh, the uh, privilege and the honor of being able to be around much of these words and things. And so I appreciate you bringing those open. So um, uh, go ahead. I just wanted to let you know that. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. You know, something else that is occurring to me as well as we go through maybe some of these biblical examples, I love how we, we sort of see these role models. Another one that comes to mind to me is Daniel. So if you think about what happened with him, uh, so we're in the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and one of the captives, of course, was Daniel, and, and, I, and God clearly had his plans, right? So he made sure that the officials that were responsible for him saw him with favor and God gave Daniel's, and this is the point that I want to get across. He gave Daniel gifts and they, they were gifts of knowledge. They were uh, gifts of understanding literature and learning and the ability to interpret dreams. And these were all given to Daniel. And what God did in, in the first chapter is cause the officials to show favor and compassion. And, and basically, Daniel distinguished himself um, by his qualities that the, that the king ultimately set him over the entire kingdom. But the, my, my message there is he took gifts that were given uh, and he basically applied them and the result was phenomenal. And I think that's another whole area that needs to be explored, which is what are we doing with the gifts that we've been given? Why is it that we're expecting more from God when we have not even used what he's given us? It's a little bit like somebody getting a prophetic word and they wonder why they're not getting another word. Well, they didn't act on the first one. So why in the world should they get the second one? And I think it's the same way when people are expecting um, prosperity and possessions and wealth and all these things. But have you really used the gifts that God gave you in the first place? 
Daniel did. It worked out very well for him. So what are we doing with, uh, you know, um, look at the motivational, uh, the grace gifts in Romans 12. Are we teachers, encouraging, giving, uh, give, uh, uh, leading, uh, mercy, all of these things. I mean, I use them in the workplace all the time. If you're listening to this broadcast, think about what your gifts are and are you applying them at work? Because we just said a little while ago, it's not just about what you're doing in the church on Sunday. It's what you're doing every day. So are we taking what God's already given us? You know, I find I'm a real estate broker also. I um, Of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you when you get close to. Told you I'll be close to 80 until I'm 103. At any rate, and and I help people with investments and different types of things like that to, to, you know, send them to different people. But one of the things that I, I, I find is what I do on Sunday, what I do on Wednesday, what I do in those types of things, and even what I do here has to be, see, what you see is what you get. You're not going to get anything different. And what I'm doing when I'm serving and and servicing the clients that I have, it is not something that I do just to do it. It is something that I do because I get to do it. I get to reveal who it is that he is in me. Because uh, did you ever see that commercial? I think it was a Sprint commercial or something like that. And when when the minutes were, uh, they, they were, you could, you could build minutes from one month to a next. And all of these kids were there and they said, oh, I need some more minutes. And they said, well, you still got minutes from last month. I, I don't want those. I want the new minutes. Well, they're the, same. <laughs> they're the same minutes. Well, I don't want those. I don't want those. Those are used. Those were last month. And I, that's what people do with the word of God. I don't want what you taught me. And that's why I'm telling people we're going slow because uh, uh, believe, I mean, uh, uh, faith and abilities and all of it, it comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So you're going to hear for the first month anyway, you're going to hear the same thing over and over, but just in different ways. All of the things that Ron has said, he has tried to, he is, he is working on your brain, whether you realize it or not. You're working on the psyche of how it is that people think. You're giving a little bit here, a bit here, a bit here. You're changing perceptions. And so I'm letting you know that is what we're doing. That is what we're about to change the perception of how you see prosperity because you are supposed to be prosperity. I'm prosperity. I don't have prosperity. I am prosperity. That is well said. That Because it's all, it's your whole being. It's everything. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't things we can't do that we should, there are things that we can do and there, are, but, and there are ways that we can be, but you have to start thinking, I love that. Uh, when you start thinking about prosperity as who you are, uh, now you're beginning to, to catch it. Um, I, I, wa- I wanna talk about another one, um, accountability. For some reason that's been, that's just got put on my heart. Um, I, I think that is another problem that people have is they're not, they don't take accountability for their lives, their careers, their walk, for a lot of different things. One of my favorite examples of accountability uh, was Nehemiah, the cupbearer in, uh, in uh, 
King Xerxes' uh, realm there. Uh, and, you know, he was the guy that received word that Jerusalem was in trouble. Um, and he literally went in front of the king and took accountability for the people. Uh, he fasted and he prayed. And, and by the way, he prayed first, looking for direction. And then he took a, accountability. He confessed the sins of his people in front of the Lord. Um, and uh, and it was and the result of taking that accountability um, was that he ended up, the Lord ended up granting him, uh, or the king ended up giving him uh, favor in his presence, which the Lord obviously had a lot to do with it. But, but that principle is another one that for whatever reason, we're always pointing toward other people. Oh, if this hadn't happened, oh, and sometimes we do even do it with the Lord. If God hadn't had only come in here and, and done this, right? Like Lazarus, where were you, Lord? Um, we, we even point at God half the time, uh, or we're pointing at other people, and and we need to be accountable. And, and I would say go back to Nehemiah uh, and and read that whole story to see what accountability meant in that passage. God honors that as well. I think these are principles. I'm trying to pull principles out of Scripture that I think do apply, so that people have some tools to do exactly what you're saying, which is really to change the way you think to change the way you think about possessions, to change the way, once you change the way you think, you can, uh, you can see results. And some of these things like accountability, I'm hopeful are tangible ways uh, people can actually start to make those changes. You know, when you look at, you, you were talking about how people blame, go back to yeah. our father. Yes. Look at what he did. I mean, the dude didn't take no kind of responsibility. God, this is your fault. You gave me this woman. And if you hadn't given me this woman, everything would have been okay. But he wanted a woman in the first place because he said, what you've given me so far is not good enough. I meant, you know, I don't have a help meet with these animals, you know. And so now what you've given me is it's your fault that she screwed up. And then I screwed up because she screwed up. But I'm not taking any responsibilities. God, it's your fault. The next thing is we talked about motives on our last program. And, you know, I look at this. I look at something. If God were to look at if Jesus, Holy Spirit, if he was to look at the things that we have done. And I, I came to this place. God, how many things have I done with the wrong motive? Hmm. Because Word of God says this, that everything that is not done with him, with his motives, everything that's done to lift me up, everything that's done to show people how smart I am, everything that's done to build my ministry, everything that's done to promote me, if God did us like he did Job, where would we be in the mixed? Yeah. You know, if he yeah. checked us out, where would I be in the mix? And this is one of the things. I mean, I have the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the awe of God, the fear of God. God, I do not want it to come to the place where I'm at the end of this journey. And I did it so that uh, Baker could have a name so that Baker could get money, so that Baker could get this, so that she could get her accolades. And look even in the scriptures where it says, 
if you, he says, you know, if you want all of these accolades from man, you got your reward. You ain't got squat in heaven. You have nothing. You have built nothing. You've built absolutely nothing. I don't want that to happen. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing what we're doing. So uh, you were when you're going through that list and you were saying I and me and my, and, and that's the whole dangerous road that we're on. And I want to give you a practical example where we as, as humans fall into this trap. And it, it may sound a little funny to you, but it, it's about debt. And why am I saying that? Well, we know the Bible says, you know, ne- you don't want to be slave. The borrower is slave to the lender. But it's really what you just talked about. Because what do we do when we're borrowing money, borrowing from a bank to get resources to do something? Why didn't the Lord give, give you those resources? Why, why not? Why did you have to borrow money? Could it be that you're about to buy something or do something that the Lord doesn't want you to do? But you instead are usurping authority. You're not listening to the small voice of the Lord. You're listening to the loud voice of the banker who wants to give you money. Don't don't listen to listen to Baker, but not banker. (laughs) Don't listen to the banker. Listen to the Lord will give you those provisions. So um, when I talk to people about debt, they're like, yeah, but everybody borrows money and everybody uh, borrows money for cars and every, and all this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, you're not, your ecclesia means called out. You're called out. Let's really think about what that means. So I'm, and needless <laughs> to say, I'm against debt. Them. Come out of that world. You know, one <laughs> of the things that he did for me, this is really interesting. When I got serious about wanting to get out of the debt that I was in. And he knew that I was going to do what I said, what he would tell me to do. Do you know, he sent real estate. He sent uh, uh, clients. He sent, I mean, it was like the, the raven bringing the food and all I got to do is pass it on. <laughs> we get serious about what he is saying about obeying him. And you mentioned that on this program or the last program. Golly, time goes fast when you're having fun. When he when he uh 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 when you get serious about it, then and 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 realize that you're not your own, that God, you got some bills here, and I won't make any more for you. And he'll say, Okay, let me take care of those. See, this is this is one of the things we have about two minutes, uh, a minute and a half or two minutes. Take take uh, uh, you take the minute and I'll take the half to tell people goodbye. Go ahead. Yeah. So just just to kind of play on what we're talking about here, um, we talked about jobs and we've talked about uh, we've talked about the economy, you know, what's going on in people's careers. But take it to a personal finance level as well. Um, if you can go through the book, maybe we'll do this next time. You can go through the book of Proverbs and you can basically figure out what the best things are for personal finance just by reading (laughs) the Bible. And so you, and and what it does is it puts you in this mindset that apostle Baker is talking about. It puts you in the mindset of, uh, getting away from yourself, getting away from me, trying to understand and be obedient to what the Lord wants. And you can apply that to your personal finance and you will be amazed at what happens. And that'll be uh, our teaser for, for maybe the next time we, we get together. How's that? 
Oh, this has been so much fun. I know that you guys are going to, I mean, this program is going to build because this is something that everybody needs. And even Ron and, ours, and, and myself, I mean, even as we do this, we will grow because it's God that's doing it in us and through us. So I thank you for joining us here on Still Telling It Like It Is. Still. This is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, and Ron Jolson, who is fabulous. And we'll see you next time. We're here really telling it like it is. Bye-bye, everybody.